Warning. 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 The Freestyle Club contains adult language. It is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is Freestyle Club. With your hosts, the unknown admin, Rafael Reyes, and CPR, Jose Ortiz. Welcome once again to another edition of the Freestyle Club. My name is CPR Jose Ortiz, and I'm being joined by the unknown admin, Rafael Reyes. What's good, you bastards? Now, let me ask you about that intro. People are asking me why you calling people bastards. <laughs> For real? Yeah, why is he always calling me a bastard? I'm trying to support your show. Dude, that's how we go back to, all the way to the boards. It goes back to watchyourbusiness.com. Subscribe to the Freestyle Club Podcast, theunknownadmin.com, and cprsmusic.com. Joining us on the third chair this week, Vicky, now going by Victoria. Welcome to the Freestyle Club. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Let's talk about your daughter, Alexia. You've introduced her to the Freestyle community. She has a brand new song called Starlight, available right now. Why did you decide at this time it was a good time to have your daughter record a song? I started training uh, Alexia vocally myself when she was four years old. And she's actually been on several recordings, but they've all been, you know, musical theater and Broadway. And she's been steadily training with the Royal Conservatory System. And um, now she's starting operatic training. And I thought at this age, she's only 11, you know, it would be the time to have her record something professionally because she's had her feet wet in the recording studio. And uh, she's been watching me for the last two, three years, you know, flying back and forth to New York. And she likes to sit in the studio and just watch me. And, you know, so when she went in there, it was it was just she was a natural and she was in and out in two and a half hours, did all her own harmonies. I didn't even have to, to do any harmonies for her. And uh, I think it was just the right time to, to get her, you know, to introduce her to the world. You know, my biggest concern when it comes to young children that are doing freestyle, sort of like when Lily Rose was introduced a year ago. Mm-hmm. There's also Natalia and there's been a few older young ladies, 18-year-old Gabriella, mm-hmm. a 19-year-old Audie Medina. And my mm-hmm. biggest concern is that we, we scared them off sometimes. And <laughs> what I would like is for the, the community to embrace these young ladies because they are the future of our music. I totally agree with um, encouraging young aspiring vocalists I mean you know people don't know this but I've been teaching uh, voice I have a master's in voice and I've been teaching kids and and uh, adults you know working actors etc for more than 30 years and so we always have to inspire them and encourage them and when you place them in in this genre and you know they see what goes on in terms of Everybody has to be better than this person, and this person has to be better than that person. Nobody really wants to take part in all that. You know, um, I have this saying, you know, I don't bother anybody. I don't want nobody bothering me. And so it should be peaceful. Everybody should be, you know, um, encouraging the younger generation. Everybody should be playing the music. Um, you know, uh, Alexia has spoken to Lily Rose. We're hoping for a possible recording in the future, and uh, that might happen with Natalia as well. We encourage stuff like that. But I think it's us adults that may scare these kids away. You know, I think that's my biggest concern when I when I started seeing these young artists come up one by one. I'm like, oh, I just hope this isn't turned into a competition. I have a kid, now my camp has a kid, and my kid's better than yours. Because you know how it gets sometimes no. petty. It gets petty sometimes, and I was just, I, that was my biggest fear with seeing no. these young ladies come up. You know, I, I loved meeting Lily Rose, and uh, I had her FaceTime Alexia, and Alexia is dying to work with her. Um, you know, she's very inspired by knowing that there's somebody else out there that's doing the same thing that she's doing. And, you know, with little Natalia out now, too, I mean, you know, all kudos to her. She should be out there doing that. You know, if that's what she wants to do, if that's what her heart's desires, that's what she should be doing. But it's it's the adults around, you know, and it's not necessarily the parents. It's it's everybody else that will say, oh, no, that kid's better than that kid or that kid's. But no, it's it shouldn't be that way. They all one day will eventually, if they stick to this, will share a stage together. 
So where do these 40 and 50 year olds come out saying this kid's better than that kid? You know, none of them are registered adjudicators to know exactly, you know, who has training, who's who's better at this or who's better at that. No one should say, you know, everybody should be encouraging and supportive, I think. Well, recently you were very vocal on social media in regards to your daughter being placed on poll for a countdown and uh, Natalia also being uh, put on a poll mm-hmm. for a countdown, which put them against each other on this huge list. You were not very happy with that. Was there a reason for that? How did you feel about that voting process? I'm going to be straight up and very forward because I know the whole world's going to hear this one. But when I was requested to... To, to give Starlight out to, you know, the radio station. I did give it out only on one condition, and I was very upfront with that. And uh, I said, here you go, give it to all your DJs, but please do not put the girls in competition. That's not what this should be about. And uh, one week later, long and behold, you know, um, I guess Natalia's release was out at 12 noon, and by the evening there was some sort of a poll that I had heard about. And I went to take a look at this poll that I was unaware that I was on, and, um, you know, I didn't authorize my daughter to be on any such poll. Nobody asked me, nobody, you know, told me this was going on, and all of a sudden I, I, I see this happening, I'm like, okay. That, that's cool if this is if this is what it is. I did confront the station about it and I was told that this is not a competition. Alexia, from my point of view, she's been working really, really hard. She trains very hard. She's been out there promoting herself, promoting everybody. You know, you got her on your show, she'll promote your show. You send her a t-shirt, she'll promote your radio station. She is out there working hard. And, uh, you know, I think that's what it's all about is getting out there and promoting yourself. So, you know, I, I don't think this poll has anything to do with the music, though, because you know you've got Alexia who's out there for two months promoting herself, and then you've got Natalia, who's a beautiful little girl and has a beautiful song, you know, um, who's out there and she's just been out there for a few hours, yet she's already number one or number two. So my question is: Is this about how many cousins and uncles you have? The response I get is, well, you know, the people involved have a very big following. So does that mean because I do not have a following as big as the other person, then my daughter should sit at the bottom of the list? I don't think it has anything to do with music. And this is the sad part about polls and stuff. I mean, if you want to open that poll up, all you have to do is place a call to India and pay $4 and they'll give you 50 (laughs) votes every hour. I mean, you know, there's a ton of companies that'll do that. And You know, I mean, you've also got people that will go on there and create all kinds of fake accounts. I mean, uh, I see one person on there who doesn't have no face, no background. He's got two friends. I don't know how much freestyle he knows with with having two friends on it, but yet he can vote. When it comes to the polls or or voting for your favorite song, this should be one of the methods that we use to decide, you know, who should be number one or, you know, what songs are hot or whatever the case may be. I think truly all DJs, who have a countdown have forgotten how to push music, have forgotten how to get feedback for music to to these countdowns. And I look at the ways that they they gather their top tens or or the list, and it's like you got a Google Analytics, so that means that you have to share it for two days so you can get on the countdown. And then there's another poll where everyone can vote for everyone, and there's no rhyme or reason. And I just feel like we we lost the art of promoting a song and pushing an artist, you know, one at a time. I'm not sure why people are such in a hurry to get a song to number one when we have a lot of time in our hands. Let me ask you something. You get a song to number one on any of these iRadio stations. What benefit does the artist really have other than being number one and being known in the freestyle community? People out in California don't will still not know who that artist is. People out in Europe will still not know who that artist is. So people work really, really hard and there's so much more outside the box. There's a benefit to be number one on the countdown because you get the promotion and everything that comes with saying that you're number one. It's a good marketing tool, but these countdowns are more about the radio station and the DJ other than the artist, you know? And so sometimes we got to really stop and think, hey, are we are we trying to push the music forward or are we trying to attempt to promote ourselves? And yeah, there's, there's certain promotions that come with, you know, you doing a countdown. I say that 
my countdown is the only countdown that matters. I, I have taglines and stuff like that, but I'm very, sure. I'm very conscious on what service am I providing to the artist and what I would like the audience to come out with. I just see that um, we as a community have forgot how to push new music. There will be a lot of people that will disagree that you're the only countdown that matters. I mean, we've, we've seen that happen over and over, but then again, you know, we'll look at some of the other countdowns. For example, um, I don't really use Twitter. Many of my friends don't really use Twitter. So there's a downfall when you when you kind of narrow it down and put things in one corner, you know. Um, for example, this poll that's happening right now, everybody must join the radio station Facebook page, which is, which is an, a huge benefit for the radio station because you're going to get hundreds of new listeners. So there's a huge benefit for the radio station there. Um, I just think, like I said, it's all about, you know, supporting everybody. Everybody should be nice to each other and support each other. And that's what this is all about. Um, but anyways. Hey, Ralph, um, you're an expert in these types of things, these polls, these Google analytics. Um, do you have any insight? This topic uh, we could discuss for a while because t to me, if you take it traditionally, what's a countdown? Is it based on uh, listenership? How many uh, listens? Uh, a song gets on the air, but you can't measure that on iRadio, right? No one's no. measuring that. Is it sales? Well, how do you measure that? Right? How, how do you how do you get the information from the artist? Are they going to give up that information? No. So you know you you have to find a way when you create a countdown. You have to find a way that you can measure some kind of uh, metric. So I mean, I, I like CPRs, but it could be tweaked a little. The other you ones, I, I just don't get the rhyme or reason of how they come to the number one. If, if you have a countdown that is just participation where everybody gets to vote on anybody and everybody, how, how do you determine number one? I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. The, the Twitter thing, I, again, like you already said, you have to be a Twitter user. I don't, I get Twitter notifications, but that's, that's as far as my uh, interaction with Twitter goes. I get a, a tweet on my phone, I look at it, and then I put my phone down. That's it. Yeah, but you, the point is you got to retweet. <laughs> right, well, that's the in thing. Order, I, in, order, in order to get an analytic going, you got to retweet and retweet and retweet. So you right. got to be on your phone retweeting all day long. <laughs> right, so like I said, you know, I don't even, that's, that's, that's the extent of my tweeting, is just looking at my <laughs> phone when it goes chirp, I look at it, put it down, that's it. When it comes to preparation, you know, I can tell you what I do to prepare. You know, I look at social media, I look at the promotions that specific artists are doing. Like, for example, your daughter, Alexia, she's plastered everywhere. I see her doing videos, I see her promoting herself, whereas an established artist, is not really doing anything to promote their song that specific week. So whatever is visible out there is what you want to take into consideration. You also take the DJ feedback. I have a panel that I go to. Ralph is included in that. I also include some of my, my mentors like Jesus Vasquez and people that are in the industry. I think about the request and the fan feedback. When I'm in, um, in my Facebook Live, I like to see what people are liking and what people are really pushing and what um, the company is doing themselves to get themselves out there. Also, I take into account, do they have any videos out? Do they produce mm -hmm. something to get people captivated by what they're offering? And mm -hmm. these are just some of the things that I take into consideration. I do put my own polls, but just because a person gets the most votes, it doesn't mean that every vote counts because if I know someone is affiliated with that specific person, let's say they're a label mate or they're a family member or they're a fake account, those things that don't count and just because the person that week got the most votes doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be number one it's just feedback in the way that I comprise my my top 10 countdown we've been doing this for a long time previously back in the day you know there were there were DJ record pools we had um meetings with other members of our radio show to ask them hey what's what's doing hot for you what are people liking what are people not liking um there was always this this constant feedback from people not not because they were your friend not because they were cool with you none of that it was just good straight feedback you know and and i miss that i miss the pushing of records not a popularity contest not because this is my boy not because of whatever the case may be i want it to be about the artist you know and i make sure that i'm talking about the digital distribution sites how you can get that specific record available here give them as much information as i can when it comes to that specific project and that's the whole point of a countdown is to promote the artist and promote that specific song 
as an artist and as a mommy manager now, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I, I think we have to thank first of all all of the i radio stations that continue to do what they do to keep the music alive. Because I know, for example, Alexia is playing and she's charting on you know other stations and they do have her on heavy rotation and and you know a big thank you has to go out. we have to appreciate what everybody's doing but in the same respect i'm going to put it in a positive way rather than in a negative way i think especially with the younger generation okay because these are the kids you don't want to scare away you know my, my daughter already sees what's going on she says mom do i really need to do another freestyle record <laughs> <laughs> you know because she sees what goes on she sees mommy upset about this or upset about that and it's just it's too draining it's time consuming you know we all have things to do we're not going to sit there and you know uh play with our tweets and this and that putting it in a positive note with the young girls especially you know as i've said we should all be encouraging um but we should give each child their own time to shine meaning let's not overlap i know some producers you know when so-and-so is releasing something well so-and-so has to release it on the same day what well, happens two years in a row when when so-and-so releases a compilation well the other comp the, the competitor is going to release the, the compilation on the same day and so if you do that to these young kids what you're doing is you're taking away their shine you got to give them their own time to shine so if you hear you know alexia's releasing a song on october the second okay well you know what pictures aside for two or three weeks why do you want to take away her shine because you know what i can definitely take away your shine too you understand and this is where the animosity comes in what kind of uh, inbox messages do you receive when it comes to things like this because you're you're telling me uh during this conversation you know that people are in competition or that they're saying things to you or trying to release near the time that you're releasing um has there been that type of feedback when it comes to you know your daughter or things that you're doing people in your inbox yes most definitely most definitely so i i i stopped something dead in its tracks and and i have to thank that person for not continuing the interference let's call it an interference and i think that shows me that that person has a little bit of professionalism and understanding um anyways Let's go forward. I think that artists need to remember or, or maybe take into account that, yeah, there's polls, there's iRadio stations, but these things are tools. You know, there's no guarantee that being number one on any station is going to catapult your career, right? You need to just use it as a tool. Hey, you know, I'm number one on this station or number five on that station and promote yourself accordingly. I see artists complaining that they're not no. making any money on no. Spotify. Well, listen, no one Spotify didn't guarantee anyone that they'll be making them rich overnight. Use Spotify as a marketing tool to catapult your career, not to, uh, you know, get rich, sit home and think that you're going to make a, a living streaming off Spotify. We definitely count on the people, the fans to purchase our music because, you know, things do cost a lot. You know, it costs money to fly to New York to work with so-and-so. It costs money to, to be in a hotel. It costs money to record. You've got to pay the engineer and the producer. Uh, you know, then it costs money to to master it. It costs money to make it. Uh, oh, then you got to pay the graphic artist to create the graphic arts. I mean, if you want good stuff, I, I mean, I never cut corners. I will go all, all out in all my products going back to 1991, every single product that I've had, I go all out. I don't cut any corners. I don't get my next door neighbor to do my graphics for me. You know, um, these things cost money. And, you know, I, I saw something happen last week. Accidentally, accidentally, Alexia Starlight was on YouTube for I don't know how many days until somebody caught it and, and brought it to my attention. Uh, we took that off now, but I was just looking at the streaming. There was 30 streams was equivalent to 0 0.05 cents. So, uh, you know, it's 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 hard for an artist, for example, to just give everything out for free all the time. Um, if that's what we're getting paid, 0 0.05 cents for every 30 streams, that artist is not going to want to keep making music. They're going to want to go get a job or do something more realistically, you know, financially feasible. And so that's why we say, please don't share, please, you know, go out there and pay the 99 cents, go out there and pay the, the $1.29 or whatever it's going to cost, you know, because 
that dollar twenty nine multiplied by so much money, eventually that artist can can pay that expense of that recording and perhaps now invest in a new recording. And then we keep the music alive. People will continue to have music. Um, but if we keep shutting artists down by not supporting the music and just sharing it, we eventually will just not record anymore because it is costly. This is the Freestyle Club. Topic of the week. Let's talk freestyle. Freestyle. In 2017, you released a 12-inch vinyl. It was a limited press, Pink, a song entitled Have to Have You. It pretty much took everyone by storm because of the fact that the format that you decided to release it on was a 12-inch vinyl. What made you want to release a vinyl in 2017? Several things. There's a lot of DJs out there, especially in South America and Europe, that still use vinyl. Most of my sales do not come from the United States. Most of my sales come from Europe and from South America. I got a, oh, I got a call basically saying, you know, what do you have left from your old vintage vinyl? You know, we had like 13 Don't Break My Hearts left from 1990, whatever. And, you know, and these brazilians just bought me right out they bought it all and so i'm thinking you know the next release i do it should be i want to bring vinyl back you walk into a barnes and noble here in miami the first thing that you see when you walk through the door about 10 feet in is vinyl i think vinyl is really replacing a lot of the cds that are out there now a lot of people are buying vinyl and they're going for a hefty price they're not they're not cheap because it's it's pretty expensive now it's not like it, how it used to be so I, I just wanted to bring it back i think the next couple of projects there will be vinyl but like i said if the support is not there distribution will strictly happen in south america and in in europe now you decided to also press your daughter's starlight and also yes. uh, you have a new song that's going to be released featuring nick cologne if i come back and uh, that's also going to be released in vinyl. And you also introduce vinyl packages as well. The vinyl is, is you know, I mean, it's for collectors. It's people who want to have something to hold on to. And, you know, 10 years from now or whatever, the value will go up. But this particular vinyl uh, with the Nick Cologne track, I've given DJs about a week to order. It's going to be a custom order. I'm not going to make 500 copies. I'm not going to make 1,000 copies. Whatever order I get by Sunday... That's what I'm pressing and maybe an extra five for myself and, you know, for a few special friends. Wink, wink. Other than that, I don't want DJs calling me three months later saying, oh, can I get that vinyl? Because they're hoping that my price is going to go down. I, I can't do that. I'm not I'm not at a flea market. Um, it is what it is. Uh, you know, we're really not making If I sell you a record for 35 or $45, would you believe me if I, I told you I'm not even making very much on it? You're lucky if you make $5 on it. So some people will turn around and say, well, that's too much. Well, it, it is what it is. Unfortunately, vinyl costs a lot these days. Unless you're printing maybe a thousand and you can sell a thousand, then your unit price might go down to about $10 with expenses, maybe $15. Maybe you can sell it for $20. But manufacturing price right now, you're looking at 100 units, anywhere between fifteen to $1,800 for very good quality vinyl at 180 gram weight not the cheap you know standard 140 gram weight color jackets uh, labels you know not your typical you know white sleeve and there you go that brings your unit price to about what 18 18 20 dollars already just for manufacturing if you put the production cost in there if you paid 1500 dollars for your production let's just say that brings your price now to about 33 dollars and if you have flown somewhere and you have expenses, that will bring your price up even further. We're already at 33 and you're selling a record for 35. I mean, do the math. I didn't quite understand that whole um, digital portion of it where was it the DJ buy the vinyl now and they get the, the digital a week later? Or can you just explain that a little bit more for me? If the DJs order the vinyl, okay, because it's a custom order, it takes about six to eight weeks to actually get the physical product in your hand. We don't want the DJs to wait eight weeks to get the product in order to play it. So if you actually order the vinyl, you'll get that in about eight weeks, but you will get all digital versions immediately so you can play it. And I always do that. I always do that with every release. If you purchase the actual product, you'll get the digital version right away. When did the digital only version 
become available to the masses? To the public, uh, we will be. Uh, it'll be released on Monday, October the first. Uh, there's five different versions, and um, yeah, it'll be available for anyone right. who wants to, to so, purchase so it. So, to me, here's the problem with that marketing scheme. The majority of DJs on Facebook are digital DJs. Some of them still collect vinyl, but the majority are, di are digital. So what some of these guys are going to do, the majority of these guys are going to do, is they're going to wait until that digital version becomes available mm -hmm. and get that instead. They're going to pay the, the buck, two bucks, whatever it is to get the version they want and forego the vinyl altogether. And that's I fine. Think, you know, no, I think to me, what, what could have been a, a better work was to hold that digital vinyl at least a month to entice the DJs to get the vinyl because the they can always rip that vinyl. Okay, so what you're saying is move the digital date. Move it back a couple, at least a couple weeks to give the vinyl a chance to sell because, it, it, like I said, a lot of them are digital, uh, are digital DJs. If they get the vinyl, they're going to rip it and play it. Yeah, I look at it this way. Whoever collects vinyl is going to buy it, okay? They, they're going to oh, buy yeah. it regardless. Okay, Definitely. regardless. Whether it's this week or next week, I'm giving you a week to buy it, okay? Whoever rips basically the digital and shares it with their other five buddies is going to do it anyways. So whether I release the digital on Friday, Monday, or in October, uh, let's just say... Uh, you know, Johnny down the street buys the vinyl and he gets his digital right away. He's going to share it with another five DJs in a matter of an hour. If you're talking about the true collector, right, because you're saying that the true collector is going to get the vinyl, the guys that I know will never share a digital rip. They will never share mm -hmm. it because that's the, they spent the money on that vinyl. You want that song? You go buy the song. I had to buy it. You're going to buy it. You ain't going to get it free from me. I don't care. Mm -hmm. You're my boy, but you're not getting it. Well, like I said, it's the DJs that support the music will continue getting music. If these guys continue to share like that, like the way that some of them are, you know, and word does get around. The, the sad part about it is, you know, you're not going to have, uh, you know, the artists are not going to have the funds to go back in and record, you know, good quality music. I totally agree. The artists should be paid for their, for their work. But, uh, you know, I started a conversation in uh, a group that just was created, I think maybe a week ago by the Santana Twins. It's called mm -hmm. Freestyle and the Funky Melody Vinyl Only Group. The topic I chose was, how much are you willing to pay for new school freestyle vinyl? And it kind of got went crazy with it, 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 to the point that I think I'm gonna invite some of these DJs to sit on each other's lap and share the third chair, you know, for a sausage <laughs> fest. Because, you know, it, everybody was very passionate about what they had to say. And, and from their point of view, you know, why would $75 for vinyl is crazy. $45 to them is too much. A lot of them say, listen, don't give me the color. Give me the vinyl with the different versions that I need at 20 to $35. Okay. Let me tell you something. A lot of people don't know this, but a lot of cheap, uh, you know, low, low cost vinyl products are not really vinyl. Somebody selling you something for 15 or $20. It's not vinyl. It looks like vinyl, it feels like vinyl, it plays like vinyl, but it's only going to last you about 35 plays. It's called a lathe cut, okay? And this is what the DJs, some of them don't know. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate that some of them are not as knowledgeable, but, you know, they're looking for something that's 15 or $20. Well, here you go. you got 35 plays. They don't really know that, though, because it looks like vinyl, feels like vinyl. It's just not cut the same way, you no, know? No, no one's saying 15. Believe me, they, they know that it's not going to go for 15 but i think the consensus was anywhere you know between 20 to 35 somewhere there that, if, that if, was kind of the, the loose consensus reasonable. because everybody has you know everyone has their own price so i just took the average and and narrowed it down to about 20 to 35 somewhere there okay. you know that is a very reasonable price if you're for, if, for if you're pressing vinyl. a thousand no, right for black a thousand vinyl. or a thousand copies that's a very reasonable price but you have to understand the freestyle uh you know genre itself is not that big you're not going to sell a thousand vinyl in a matter of it's going to take you a while let's put it that no. way I, so I, most I, people i agree with you 100 percent there yeah. yeah most people will not go out and spend you know uh, $5,000 pressing a thousand violins, then they're going to have boxes sitting in their house for the next 10 years. I mean, it's just, you just don't do that. So there's no possible way to get, uh, you know, vinyl for $25 a pop, 
you know, if the artist is just, you know, manufacturing anywhere from 100 to even 500 copies. I have a follow-up question on that. You stated previously that your concern, your market for your vinyl is overseas. So you're looking to sell your product overseas more than actually here in the U.S. They're, they're going to sell regardless. I mean, I, I press my vinyl. I have my, my people in, in both places and those will just, they'll sell. So it doesn't really matter if by Sunday I only get, you know, uh, 50 orders, let's just say, or whatever. Um, you know, people have their different markets. Definitely, because we've seen some artists market. To me, in my opinion, it looked like they're marketing straight to the Brazilians. I'm not going to pull any punches. When I look at, at what they're offering, it's definitely catered to the Brazilians. You have to be careful. You know, I saw online, someone actually took a copy of Be Mine, uh, I guess ripped it, make their, made their own glass master, made their own vinyl with a completely different label on it. And they, they sell them. They, they're, they're smart that way. But you see, I, you know, back in the days, I mean, I've been, I've been traveling through Europe. I've been as far as uh, North Africa on tour. And so I have a following out in North Africa. I have a following, big following in Italy. I have a following in, uh, in Spain. Um, so these are direct markets, you know, you can send, you know, 50 copies here, 50 there, 50 there. And, you know, you know, they'll be gone. We had an artist on, can't, not, can't say their name, but they told us that when they uh, get their vinyl out, they already got 200 orders going to foreign countries here, a foreign right. country there. So, you know, it, it works out. But, you know, again, I'm just relaying what I'm hearing from the DJs that I know and the DJs that were in that group. And that's why here when people, you know, they get all hot about certain topics, you know, you just have to kind of <laughs> smile and keep it moving. You know, you can't you can't get all hot and bothered about things. No, no, I, that's what I'm glad that you're here to at least give your perspective so th they can hear, you know, the artist's point of view. Right. That's why you're yeah. here. I forgot to mention Germany. Germany is a very big market for me. Well, so, I, uh, it appears that freestyle is a big, big commodity now. It is. It is. In certain parts, it is. It is. It's unfortunate we don't have the FM, you know, the uh, the big radio stations uh, playing more of it. You know, back in the day, you know, coming down here in Miami, it was just all over the, the stations. And, um, you know, Mr. DJ Laz down here, he continues to play it on and off. But it's just, uh, I think hip-hop has really taken over the airwaves. Victoria, I also want to bring up uh, another thing that I saw in your package. And I hope you don't, you don't think I'm picking on you, but I just want you to explain these things so everyone could understand. You had a DJ package, which was, in my opinion, more of a collector's package because it just had one copy of each. For me, for it to be a true DJ package, it should have two of each. You follow me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so okay. I was just thinking. So, uh, you so, know, so you, I was just so thinking. So you buy you you buy two packages. You buy two, <laughs> you buy two packages, right? <laughs> there you go. So you, I mean, you was hear that, that guy? Was that, was that really a question? <laughs> no, because because <laughs> if you're gonna market it as a DJ package, you know what? I could have I could have made all kinds of packages. I could have said, hey, you know what? Two of this, two of that. I think whoever is interested will definitely hit us up and let us know what they need. You know, I got people that want. You know, five copies. They want to. They want to. They want to buy five copies or thirteen copies. You know, they want a little bit more of a discount, so they'll ask for a discount. They'll say, "Hey, I want thirteen copies. So, what can you guys do for me if I buy 13 And right. you know, definitely, definitely, we'll work something out for you if you want thirteen. But I know what the guy is thinking. The guy is going to go and sell them and make profit on them, just like the Brazilians. You know, you sell them for discount, and then they go out there and they sell them for eighty bucks a pop. Well, well so, every business is a haggle, right? Everyone's going to haggle. Whether, but you know you... what? We're selling records. We're selling records. And it is, you know, if it makes everybody happy and it's financially feasible on both ends, go for it. This is Freestyle Club with your hosts, the unknown admin, Rafael Reyes, and CPR, Jose Ortiz. Victoria, you're known for uh, being part of the Canadian freestyle movement. You were part of Bass Productions, also Tiamo Records, with songs like Be Mine. Be Mine. Cause of Love. Don't Break My Heart. <laughs> 
Victoria, when it comes to Canadian freestyle, what can you tell us? You were there at the inception of Canadian freestyle and some of the first releases to ever come from Canada. How did they go about releasing some of these first songs? When I first started, I was first signed as a writer by Power Records, which is a very, uh, you know, well-known uh, independent dance company at the time. They had quite a few hits out and... Uh, the fellow Vince DiGiorgio had, has gone on to do very big things, um, very reputable person in the industry. Um, I, I started working with him at a very young age. And I remember, you know, before I landed that deal, walking into all these record companies with my cassette tape in my hand at the age of like 18, you know, trying to get a record deal. And uh, I remember Vince, uh, you know, signed me on with a publishing deal. And I, and I got very inspired. I, I wrote a lot. I have a huge, huge library in the hundreds. Um, as you already know from my discography, there's a lot released already. But um, aside from that, you know, from, from there, I decided, you know what? I want to be a singer. I don't want to just be a writer. You know, I know I was a good writer. I played the piano for years. But I wanted to be a singer. So... You know, I started taking lessons with the best, you know, teachers in, in Toronto at the time and then started flying to New York and so on. So try to take, you know, lessons and learn because learning is very important. Um, and then I decided I wanted to release a song that I spent so much time writing because I wanted it to be perfect. And it was Be Mine. And so I approached um, a fellow friend you know, Massimo Rosati, who I knew at the time had a studio and was recording stuff. Didn't know much about anything, you know, talked to him about it. He says, yeah, we're going to do this. I said, okay, now what is it going to cost me? Here's the cash, do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he put together, I, I can't remember how many mixes it was, but I remember clearly that the A side of that record was a house record because house was very big. You know, we had uh, Nick Fiorucci, who is, uh, you know, still very, um, you know, prominent in the business today um, with his label, High Bias Records, you know, um, making sure house was just is huge and it still is. But um, the A side was a house version. And, you know, the B side, I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know what freestyle was, but it was freestyle. And so this record went out mostly to people in the United States. I did a lot of research. I found, you know, all the distributors, all the stores. I mean, it's a lot of work. Back then, you had to do everything yourself. And the song on the B-side, which was the freestyle version, all of a sudden started charting on various, you know, record pool uh, charts. And... Uh, before long, I was being called to do this show and this show. And I mean, I, I back then, I remember performing with Cynthia at the Fun House in West Palm Beach. We're talking 25, 30 years ago. Uh, so it, it kind of spiraled into me having all these high profile performances. But as a young kid, you know, I had to go back home. <laughs> I had to go back to Toronto. So I think after that, you know, initial kind of spark everybody and anybody wanted to be a freestyle singer and i really mean everybody and anybody <laughs> so you know the second thing you know what happened in my career i was approached by um a fellow named ben i can't remember his last name but you know he was in charge of his new company called tiamo records and uh, he came to me and said i would like you to sing this song and yeah, I was young. I said, yeah, sure. This is what it's going to cost you. And I will sing the song. And I helped the kid out. You know, I gave him my contact list and uh, so that his record can, my record as well, can go to all my contacts in the U.S. So I was actually officially the first artist on the Tiamo label and uh you know helped him get that business going with those contacts i remember that blue label with the little heart on it you know it, it was like yeah the only record that i recorded with tiama was that one and it was called calls of love it was a song i can't even remember who wrote the song i just was hired to go in and cut the vocals they wanted victoria to so that they would have the same success 
The problem, though, is, you know, these kids were new. Uh, they did not hire the right people to do the production in the same way that Mo, you know, uh, Mo was not with us anymore, you know, uh, rest in peace. But they did not have the same quality in production. And, you know, the drum kit for freestyle is very important. And the drum kit that was put on that record was more of a rock drum kit. So what ended up happening was I started getting all these calls saying, what, what, what is this? We can't sell this. We want freestyle. The sad part about it is I said, well, if you're not going to sell it, you got to ship it back to the kid. And so unfortunately, Ben had a bunch of these records probably sitting in his basement for I don't know how long, but he did learn that if you want to produce quality music, you have to have, you know, the right drum kit, the right producer, the right engineer, you got to have it together. And so, you know, I went on to do other things. And, you know, that's when um, the next artist that came out, I think, right after me was Manuela. A very you know strong vocal after her i think was joey Manuela and they sampled Battle of the Heart. Uh, they sampled uh, that beat, and man, was I pissed. Well, you know, I, I, I didn't, I don't really follow what everybody else does around me, but I, I do remember that Joey did very well for himself, but also for the record label. He was the first big artist. He's got a gorgeous voice. He's got great stage presence. Um, they really had, they, they, they really lucked out with Joey, and uh, you know, after that. Everything from Joey until 2012 was a big blur and question mark for me because I have no idea, you know, I didn't follow. I didn't really want to be a part of it because, you know, like I said, every single person was trying to, hey, you know, cousins, uncles, like Alexia says, you know, get your cousin to sing a freestyle track. Get your cousin to sing a freestyle track. My biggest pet peeve with Canada, and it continues on in 2018, <laughs> is that they just can't let go of the Planet Rock beat. It just, everything is Planet Rock oh. and Planet Rock. And as a matter of fact, I'm, I might have uh, uh, the Unknown Admin doing an outburst in a few seconds. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but uh, Joey from Intonation just produced a track for Sony recording artist AP3 Audio Playground, and he used mm -hmm. the Planet Rock beat for that specific remix. Here we are in 2018, and they're still using elements from 1984. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's crazy. In Canada, there's a rule, and that rule is that you have to play uh, popular artists, but you also have to play artists from Canada. So I understand how you know, freestyle in Canada became so big because they were mandated to play their own local talents. But it also... Not, not necessarily, not necessarily, because everybody knew that I was the one that started the movement there. Okay, like we had... I'm just finding out now, actually, that Mo, the original producer of Be Mine, did a recording just previous to mine. And it was an artist by the name of Leo, and uh, apparently it's a freestyle track. We didn't, we didn't really know what freestyle was you know to label it that at the time and so there was somebody just before me but nobody really followed the trend so nothing really happened after him and then you know i came along i think there was another another woman as well um and nothing happened after her nobody kind of continued that trend it was only after i recorded be mine that like i said every you know billy bob and joe wanted to record and and get these freestyle compilations together it was it was it was actually ridiculous i i could i can't bear to listen to some of the stuff so 
I stepped back. And when I stepped back, all this stuff was getting played on the radio. But would you believe they would not play Victoria? They would not play a Vicky track. Were you, I were don't you, know. Who, were you railroaded um, because of the way that you felt about the music coming out I've, from that? I was never vocal. I was never vocal. I'm never vocal, you know, about certain things. Uh, I was never vocal. I just made my own decision to step back because I, I did not want to be a part of the circus. It was a circus. And I stopped performing, um, you know, which is another reason why sometimes even today I don't want to perform anymore. Uh, I don't want to be a part of a circus. And... Um, you know, I, I had a music degree. I had a very prestigious pr position with the uh, Conservatory of Music over there. Um, you know, I was traveling all over the world with this position. I had my own businesses. I had three music schools. I had a recording studio. I was making a ton of money. I could not, you know, leave what I was, you know, trying to accomplish to go and do a freestyle show at a club, you know, or record another freestyle track to compete against the nonsense that was going on. So I just left it and I was just, you know, focused on making my money and, and, and my business. And then again, my kids. And, you know, that kind of led me to here in 2012 in Miami, bumping into a few people asking me, why am I not singing? And I said, well, isn't freestyle dead? So you have to understand from Joey until 2012, you know, I was totally like, in a different world. I was in, I was in a corporate world. Let's put it that way. And it was only until 2012, you know, when my friends were showing me these flyers that there's still freestyle explosions and, you know, Cynthia's still performing and this person's still performing and Johnny's still performing. And I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should start singing again. And then, you know, music started coming to me and, you know, one thing led to another and, and here we are. I'm still trying to retire, but nobody's letting me retire. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing about it is, is that you have uh, the future already, you know, launched, and that is your daughter, Alexia. So yes. your, your legacy will carry on with her. Now, yes. let me ask you about some of the artists from Canada and get your opinion on them or any thoughts that you may have. What are your thoughts on Chris and Alexia Phillips? Chris, I mean, you probably have, have been doing some research. I met Chris. I never met Alexia. Uh, I met his dad. I can't remember who I met first. I think his dad was studying at the conservatory to try to get his degree in music and bumped into me somehow and said he had a son who was into production. And then eventually I met Chris. Um, he was a very talented young fellow who, you know, was pursuing a piano degree his parents you know they own um, a music school so he was you know avidly teaching and he was good he was good at you know playing the piano and composing and recording and so I thought I said hey you know I found somebody that's at my level that I can sit and write with and so we used to spend nights writing and recording and that's how kind of don't don't break my heart came along and you know, I did take him on some shows with me. He did come and uh, open up the collage show in Toronto with me when they came and, uh, you know, a couple of clubs here and there. And, and he got a taste of the of the industry. Um, the sad part about all this is when I went away for about a month to perform, there was a duet that was supposed to be released between him and I and when I came back it was already on the radio but my vocal was dropped and another person's vocal was put in and that was his sister yes Chris and Alexia so, Phillips yeah so I did get an apology from the father uh, you know a very big apology and you know they, they he, he was kind but I mean it doesn't make up for putting a knife in someone's back you understand how do you feel when you're compared to Elisa who is Elisa
I don't want to be rude. I really don't want to be rude. But you have to understand, I don't, there's so many of them. On social media, there was a post about Elisa is the queen of Canadian freestyle. So, you know. Well, that was, the, that was the, listen, that was all out of spite. That was all out of spite because uh, I blocked her ambassadors from the radio station over there for approaching me in a non-professional manner. If you're going to approach an artist, you have to approach the artist in a professional manner. And this is this is business. We're not all friends. You can't come tell me, hey, yo, you know, what your goons doing listening to my radio station? Yeah, you're going to get blocked. Okay, so, you know, from that point on, I guess um, Victoria was not his favorite artist and he chose someone else. I mean, that post went down quite quickly. I had my uh, my partner, Nick Cologne, handle that very nicely. <laughs> Bodyguard Nick. By the way, he is, you know, he is my pit bull. So if anybody has any issues with me, he will take care of it. <laughs> For me, Canadian freestyle is it's like Bigfoot. With all due respect to the artists in, in Canada, I, I just, uh -huh. it's all about the aforementioned Planet Rock beat. I mean, just talking about it, my eyes twitching, I'm no. breaking out into hives. So. That's why I couldn't yeah. really get into it. I, I just you know, I couldn't get into it. The the other problem the other problem is you can't take them seriously because you know I mean just think about it. How many how many times can you remember ten or twelve Canadian freestyle artists crossing the border to do a show just south of the border? Has that ever happened? I believe uh, the closest they've gotten to the United States is by crossing the bridge to Buffalo. Okay. <laughs> to and... go to Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And so the problem is they or we, because, uh, you know, I mean, yes, I'm American now, but I mean, we uh, were not, I, I was taken seriously from the beginning because I, my roots are from Miami. This is where I first, you know, came to perform. This is where I, my first shows were. You know, and then I, of course, I recorded with Mr. Tolga Caddis, and he was here in, in Miami. So I have a very big, you know, roots here in Miami. But you know, they or we were not we're not taken very seriously on this side of the border because the American artists are more dominant than the Canadian artists. The quality of the productions and the producers here is tenfold bigger and better than whoever we can find in Canada. Now, I still have some very, very talented producer friends in Canada that are sending me music all the time, but they don't know what freestyle is. They have no clue what I'm doing. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're following geez. me, but they have no clue what I'm doing. They're, they're big time, you know, producers that work for, you know, Sony, EMI, they do commercial pop. And so this is where, you know, I may need one of these guys for Alexia in the future. But they have no clue what I'm doing. They have no idea what freestyle is. Well, I do give some props to some Canadian artists who did cross over to my radio station and that we did play. They did chart people like Kathy Phillips, who was on Robin's mm -hmm. Entertainment with I Wish, uh, the wife of Chris Phillips. Of course, mm -hmm. Alexia Phillips did a duet with Stevie B. Um, I love Elisa. Tamara had a great song called Never Gonna Let You Go. Of course, uh, Intonation featuring Joey, awesome. And, and of course, uh, the last of the good artists from Canada, Zoe, uh, who um, I was yeah. drooling over for many years. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, those are some people that stood out for me. Of course, AP3 signed to Sony Records. We got to give them props because they recently submitted some music with Flowrider. The people that uh, were listening to them here in the U.S. did chart them. I would say the most successful right now from Canada, the Audio Playground AP3. And I want to give them shout-outs because those I do appreciate. But everybody else, it was just a hodgepodge of Planet Rock beats. And it's all a blur. Yeah, it, it unfortunately is. Like I said, no disrespect to to any of them. But like I, I basically was gone for about 20 to 25 years. So when you mention some of these names... I truly do not know who they are or what they've said. If you ask me, what did this person sing? I can't tell you. I don't know. Uh, and that's just being honest. So I'm, I'm not trying to be mean or, you know, I just I just don't know. I, it's been, you know, wow. <laughs> after Joey, it was kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> As a Canadian artist, what has been your experience trying to break into freestyle, in, in the freestyle scene in America? I don't really think I tried to break into the scene. I just, you know... I just started releasing music again. And 
to my surprise, I had a following. It was really shocking. You know, there's I, I got hit up so many times by different DJs here and there. Oh my God, she's back, she's back. There was a demand for, for new music. And I, I was kind of like, really? I have a following after 20 years of being absent, you know, in hibernation? And it, it's, it's kind of cool. It's really cool to be able to make music and, um, you know, the, the demand for it, it excites people and they want more. So would you say being here in America has opened your career up as a freestyle artist? No, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm trying to retire, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to retire. You don't want to hear about no career, I, I right? Don't wanna, I don't want to hear about no career. I have my career, you know, as this is just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of continuing um, – Continuing the legacy, I want to try to leave behind as much as I can. My discography is huge. It's, you know, actually, if you go onto my website, that's probably only half of what I'm exposing to people. I have recorded so much stuff under other names on different compilations. Oh, you got to tell us about that. that. Tell us more. We wanted to know. Do, do you have a, a Tony Dr. Eddie Garcia story for us? You know, is there a Canadian version of that? So maybe one day in the future, I will update that discography to include all the tracks that I've recorded under the various, you know, aliases. Um, but it's it, the discography is is big, you know. Uh, and I want to try to keep putting out as much as I can. I had a pen uh, out. and then of course. I had a pen out with a piece of paper. I was going uh, to start writing, but I guess we're not getting yeah, there. I, I guess we'll, we'll have to wait for yeah, we have to wait for uh, her return. Right return. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, like I said, on the table right now for new releases, just to kind of you know give you the picture where I kind of see things closing. You know, uh, Nick and I were really excited about the release of of this particular record. Um, you know, this is what I want to really focus on right now, aside from keeping the starlight going, because we're, we're just, you know, in the middle of finishing up that video for Starlight to make that happen for Alexia. Um, <clears throat> with Nick, we still have to shoot the video and, you know, try to get this song going. Um, it's, it's a song that I sat down at the piano and wrote the chords to. I actually sat down and wrote it myself. Then Nick added to it. And then the Santana's added to it. So it's been through four different hands. And at the end of the day, it sounded totally different than what I actually sat down to write. And it, I think it's a beautiful, beautifully well-written track. So I'm kind of excited about, you know, having people listen to this. I have um, an EDM track, something totally different. An EDM track that I recorded with Artie that's been sitting on the shelf. And uh, it's going to be released... I guess at a time when I need to be an interference to someone. <laughs> <laughs> Are you listening, Artie? <laughs> no, 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 no. I love Artie. You know, he knows. He's family. But no, it's, it's not an interference to Artie. But um, it's just sitting on the shelf. And when the, when the time comes, it will, it will be released. That's just a simple EDM track. You know, to, something totally different. My voice sounds totally different in that track, which is kind of cool. I have... Um, be Mine, uh, I've redone the vocals to Be Mine, so they've been updated, and uh, that will be re-released, hopefully, in the near future, um, hopefully sometime in 2019. Um, what else is on the table? Um, well, I guess it's safe to say that there will be a Carlos Berrios track coming out as well. Wow, drop the bomb. <laughs> and that, I think, will be the culmination, you know, what happens in between, I don't know really yet, but um, that will kind of put the cap on where I want to be. And, you know, maybe at that point I'll put a best of collectors, you know, three or four CD package out and that's it. You know, my, my focus has to be on Alexia, you know, um, it's a lot of work involved with the little one. How did you and Nick Cologne hook up? I just gave him a call. I said, hey. Do you want to do a duet? He said, yeah, sure. <laughs> wait, wait. All you did was pick up the phone and give him a call and say, I want to work with you. That's it? I said, yeah. You want to do a duet? He said, yeah, sure. <laughs> she picked up the phone. What a concept. <laughs> I mean, no. I, I actually messaged him, but no, it was it was very, you know, he was, 
Uh, you know, before we close, let me just say a word, you know, about Nick, um, because he's he's played a very important integral part in, you know, this particular song and in this moment in, in my career. Um, he is a super guy, first of all, um, very, very talented. And that's why I hand selected him. I hand selected Nick. I'm sitting here thinking, what voice do I want to work with? You know, and I went through the male artists and Nick just kept popping up, popping up, popping up. He's got this beautiful, you know, range, you know, in this particular song, you can hear his range go places where you have never heard it go before. And um, and I like that, you know, it's, it's got a different variety in this particular song. And so I just I hand selected Nick for this. He's been more than cooperative he's gone out of his way to do things to meet me in places where we've got to write or work um he's been so kind so respectful and he's always been there for me so you know he's a great guy <laughs> definitely I, I think he's a true talent I, I think he should be uh if not writing more at least singing more because he I will. Love hearing him he will. Sing. yeah you know so. he has he has Nick. huge potential this guy has huge potential Nick, if you're listening, that's uh, me, 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 get, get it going, you know? <laughs> if I could add about Nick Cologne, I appreciate Nick because he's a student of the game. This guy has interned for High Power Records. Uh, he's interned for artistic recordings. He's learned the history of our music and done everything in his power to learn and to listen. And mm -hmm. those are qualities that you can't find from many artists that are out right now. They just what? don't want to listen. Yeah, he will research. He will research before he speaks. Okay, he wants facts. He wants to know the facts. Um, but he's 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 very into learning. Like I see some of the videos that they post up, and he's there late at night watching the guys edit. He wants to learn, and and I think that's great because you know what, learning should never stop. I still am learning. I mean, I'm a teacher. I teach music. I teach voice. You know, but every day I'm learning something, too. I don't know how to operate this new, uh, you know, music production program that's out. I don't know how to operate this particular, you know, instrument or manipulate this particular sound. There's always something to learn. And uh, that's what I like about him. He's always learning. I can't wait to hear uh, produced by Nick Cologne. That oh, yeah, awesome. maybe. Yeah, I think so. Maybe that would be something he would probably tackle in the future. This is the Freestyle Club Pick Hit of the Week. Welcome to the Pick Hit of the Week. Ladies first. Victoria, what is your Pick Hit of the Week? I'm going to ask for my own song to be played so people can hear it. The song is called If I Come Back, Victoria featuring Nick Cologne. One kiss from you is all I So before we let you go, uh, Victoria, let us know where uh -huh. the audience can find you. I have updated my website to uh, www.victoriaalexandramusic.com. And I did that because I put together my classical bio along with my contemporary freestyle bio so that people can now learn a little bit more about who I really am. And now what about the uh, DJ packages for vinyl? Uh, could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to take orders up until Sunday and put the order in on Monday. So if anybody would like to purchase any one of those packages. She has the DJ 12-inch package, $45 for one piece, 
Also, the DJ Duplicate VIP Package. If you want two pieces, uh, that's $75. And uh, the DJ Experience Package, $75 once again for two pieces. Uh, you can choose between If I Come Back and Starlight. Uh, they also have the DJ Collection Package, which is three pieces. It has If I Come Back by Victoria featuring Nick Cologne, along with uh, a 12-inch of Alexia Starlight and uh, Victoria's Vinyl from uh, 2017, Have to Have You, which is a, a limited press, as she stated. And uh, what is your website once again? www.victoriaalexandramusic.com Well, Victoria, thank you so much for joining us on the Freestyle Club. Thank you for having me. Unknown Admin, what is your pick hit of the week? My pick is Like the First Time, sung by Miguel Reyes, No Relations, produced by Sal Medina. My pick hit of the week is Sharon Masarin from her album, The One. This is If I Could See You Again. If I could see you again, if I could see you again, we wouldn't be less than friends. Cause you know you're the one. That about wraps it up for the Freestyle Club. Until next time, it's CPR oh, oh, we, got, we got some news. Got some news. The Freestyle Club. 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 Freestyle News. Welcome to Freestyle News. Rafael Reyes, take it away. Stand up, househeads. We are now syndicated on a dance and house station called ClubMegamixRadio.com. It's a mouthful, but it's worth going to. It's nothing but house mixes, dance music, uh, EDM, 24 hours a day. And they dedicated a Friday to freestyle. And the Freestyle Club and CPR's Countdown will be featured on that station. So once again, go visit ClubMegamixRadio.com. Also, you can click the link at CPRSMusic.com and TheUnknownAdmin.com. Truly proud. I never thought that people would want to replay these episodes of the Freestyle Club, but uh, they're enjoying them to the fact that they're actually adding them to their rotation under iRadio stations. Oh, yes. Very cool. Uh, no doubt. But also, there's other stations that reach out to us. So keep an eye out for those as well. Excellent. Excellent. Ralph, uh, thank you for joining me this week. As always, we are the Freestyle Club. Until next time, a CPR saying goodbye. And remember, peace, love, and freestyle.